Hello, my name is Diana Dirkby and I live with paranoid schizophrenia. The soundbite you heard is Pastime with Good Company, composed by King Henry VIII and performed by the Chestnut Brass Company. You are listening to my podcast show, Schizophrenia As I Live It. This podcast show will air during the pre-publication phase of my forthcoming book, The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia. The book will appear soon. After it does, we will start a new podcast show, Schizophrenia As I Live It, Part 2. The new podcast show will assume you have access to my novel, but you can follow the podcast independently of the book. Also, there will be no spoilers, so you can read the novel at your own pace if you purchase it. Today is Chapter 13, entitled Avoiding Oversharing. Today we live in a society where oversharing is an epidemic caused mainly by email and social media. I am old enough to remember when, as a child, I would see my handful of best friends at school, then for a few hours after school, and assume I would not hear from them until the next day. If the next day were a Saturday, I would often not hear from them over the weekend as they spent all that time with their families. During my years as a university-level mathematics professor in the USA, I was amazed that my students mostly wanted to multitask during my lectures so that they would be up-to-date in real time via their smartphones with their text messages and favourite social media apps. I tried forbidding such behaviour before giving into it as an inevitability. Part of this resignation was because of the resentment displayed by many students at being cut off from the world during my lectures. Also, many of the brighter students could successfully multitask. They could follow my lessons and do well in my course, even with their smartphones demanding constant attention. However, for the students who struggled, their smartphones were a pest preventing them from concentrating on the many examples I gave related to the more abstract theory in my lectures. I remained concerned about my students' overall outlook. If you want to learn and devote 50 minutes to the task, focusing only on the material relevant to your learning is much better than sharing your brain with a smartphone. To enjoy a novel, I fail to see that checking your smartphone every five minutes does anything but detract from the experience. With mathematics, the subject I taught, being able to focus is critical, and the logical arguments you need to follow have no relation to a text message from a friend about something random. Those students who looked more at their smartphones than me when I was lecturing and still did well would have done even better without this distraction. Not to mention that they were being extremely rude to me as the professor in the process. I was reluctant to get a smartphone and was a latecomer to social media. Despite everything I have said, the switch has been worth it. My smartphone makes my life much more efficient and social media has provided me with a way to share my views 
with many like-minded people I would have no chance to know about otherwise. Still, oversharing by email and social media remains an unhealthy trap, and it can be a slippery slope for someone with paranoid schizophrenia, a condition with which I live. When battling an episode of paranoia, the predominant problem is that I believe everyone alive knows my history, my present actions, and even what I have thought in the past and what I am thinking in the present. I am already mentally overconnected. A reaction to these convictions can be to overshare. To be so steeped in paranoia is frightening and the oversharing is often just an attempt to respond to the world at large, to put my case, so to speak. This problem has dire repercussions even within the family and social circle of the mental health consumer, as verbal oversharing can be perceived as rants, incoherent babbling, and so on, and written oversharing shares a similarly cool reception. Unfortunately, the world set up for oversharing that we know these days can make control more difficult if a paranoid person seeks to defend themselves on social media and by email. They may feel, why not? In a paranoid state, you think everyone knows everything about you anyway. However, the mental health consumer loses privacy and people with no qualifications can judge them as a function of their social media posts and emails. It is essential to gain control by limiting the number of emails and social media posts you make public to just a few quality writings each week. The quality of your emails and social media posts and the corresponding respect of your followers will improve out of sight. One feature of social media is that people forget. Therefore, if you post a thought that should have remained private on social media, don't worry too much as that same media will quickly forget it. The point is that social media used in moderation can be a proper support and interesting. Just don't overshare. Our last podcast chapter dealt with keeping a mental health diary. Such a diary can serve as a reservoir of your thought processes during a paranoid episode even if it is difficult to focus on writing. You can still draw in your diary. You can note down the titles of music that pleases you. It's your book, and oversharing with it can help you. The mother and daughter characters, Jodie and Sarah, in my novel, both have problems with oversharing. I analyse these problems in The Overlife, A Tale of Schizophrenia, which is the title of the forthcoming book. Sarah manages to conquer the beast, whereas Jodie doesn't. We'll talk more about oversharing in the podcast show that will begin after my book appears. Thank you for listening. Let's end with Pastime with Good Company.